We're less than three weeks away from the start of the 2023 NFL season, so we're going to continue offering our award predictions with Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joe, uh, a good morning to you. I guess we'll start there. Good morning, yes. Did, did you catch any of the preseason action? Call a little bit of that Eagles-Browns game. A little DTR, little Muhammad Diabate. Yeah, both of those guys look real good. There was somebody who did not look good as a rookie mm, who in that? this game. Um, what are we doing with Cade York? Brother, it's Corey Bajorquez. He can't hold. So it's Corey. You, you think all of this is Corey Bajorquez's fault? This guy's been ruining kickers left and right, man. Can't hold. Cade York missed two field goals yesterday. Fourth round pick kicker. Do you, do you think do you think his draft status as a highly drafted kicker is compounding this issue at all? Um, maybe there's some pressure that comes with that. I mean, we've seen Robert Aguayu kind of flame out, um, but we've seen I don't know, like Sebastian Janikowski as a first rounder was a phenomenal kicker. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of it, right? Like I think a big part of being a kicker is the mechanics of being a kicker and doing that well. But also there's a mental side to it that I think really matters. And um, you got to be able to figure that out. Who's wired the right way to handle that that job? How about um, about Tanner McKee? You know who's who's feeling really good right now? Mike Renner. Mike Renner, yeah, big fan. <laughs> McKee's look good. Trey Sermon, uh, obviously, thirty three yard touchdown. Well, fumble there wasn't so great by the Trey Sermon. Fumble's Sermon's not but, yeah. good. And when you look at that that running back room in its totality, mm-hmm. it. Trey's got an uphill climb, right? Yeah. Like they, they didn't even dress DeAndre Swift. Then you got Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. Probably not making the roster, which is a weird one because I thought he had all the goods coming out of what Ohio State and Oklahoma with Oklahoma beforehand. Or do I have that right? Did I make that up? No, I yeah, I think up. you made that up. I think he was just Ohio State. Yeah. So who transferred to Oklahoma? Brother, I, I don't know where you're going with this. There was a running back in a recent draft class. Eric Gray for Tennessee to Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's who I'm maybe. convoluting. Um, do you see Sam Howell officially announced as the QB1 yes, for that, the Washington Commanders? That was our we were one day after I saw another push notification from somewhere that said that Rivera hadn't started on the signing quarterback yet. Well, he decided this morning, obviously, and let him know. 
playing Arizona week one. Be a good chance for a dub. Good Washington chance going into club dub with new ownership in, in uh, their first first contest. Consecutive wins for Sam Howell as a starter. They were to do that. Wow. When you put it like that. You know, just keep on going, baby. When you put it like that. So oh, we also had, uh, what, Kansas City, New Orleans last night? Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I caught last 20 minutes of that game clock. Like when Philly went to halftime, I switched over and lo and behold, Kansas City, New Orleans was like six minutes left in the third quarter. So That's I made, as far as I made it. Back. I only made it to halftime of, I watched Leslie Frazier talk for a little bit at halftime of that game. And I never saw the third, the third quarter kickoff. So we're officially back preseason action, right? It's outstanding things you love to see. And we are getting ready for the regular season. Yesterday we did NFL MVP, offensive player of the year and offensive rookie of the year. And we gave our top three and I am keeping track of both of our choices uh, and including the FanDuel, the current FanDuel sportsbook odds for those awards as well. So today, defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year and coach of the year. We're going to start with defensive player of the year, Joe. All right. I got it. We got top three ballots. So I'll top give three. My number three here. My number three is my surprise player amongst this ballot of mine um, and a player that's had some injuries, but I think belongs in this conversation. It's Shaquille Leonard, the linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts. Want to give him some love here. He's been banged up really, I guess, for the last couple of seasons, but when he's healthy, he fills up the stat sheet and he gets tackles, he forces fumbles, he recovers them, he gets interceptions, he gets tackles for loss, he gets sacks. He does all the things that you need to do to become the defensive player of the year. Now, this award has skewed heavily towards defensive linemen. Eight of the last 10 years, it's been a defensive lineman, right? I think sacks are kind of the the big stat right now in the world of defensive football. So I think that's going to make it tough, and my top two guys are defensive linemen. But if I were to kind of bring in a name that I thought deserves some love that fills up the stat sheet, it's been a little bit out of sight. Shaquille Leonard, Indianapolis Colts. And here I thought I had long odds with my third place selection. Shaq Leonard's plus 10,000. So if you like that. You like really that? Nice. You like that? Uh, I went homer and picked Jalen Phillips for third place on mine. I've Yo, Jalen on... Phillips doesn't get these 15 sacks you've promised. I mean, what you have really went in here. Yeah, and you know who else? Like, if my company for this dude is going to be an absolute monster this year is like Lewis Riddick. I don't know if you saw that segment, but like he was he's very excited about Jalen Phillips. And I know Atlanta and Houston have very much felt Jalen Phillips. This is not just oh Phillips is rushing against Miami's right tackle situation and it's not a good situation. So he's running up sacks in practice. He's tagging everybody. He is tagging everybody. And in a Vic Fangio defense, he's plus 5,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. So it's still long odds. I think he's 13th amongst defensive players or something like that on their their odds as far as highest odds. I've gone on the record and said 15 sacks are coming. I genuinely believe it. Um, I think at a defense this year that uh, with Vic Fangio is probably going to be well represented in a number of statistics in in the top 10, and we'll see when Jalen Ramsey gets back. I think that pushes it into an even higher stratosphere as far as overall team performance. I think he's going to be the leading sack guy on this team, and 
Uh, I, I think with that Vic Fangio component that's added, the other talent that's available on the defense, uh, and Jalen Phillips in a vacuum with what he's capable of doing, I think he's going to have a very, 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 very strong season. Will be a household name this time next year. All right, number two for me, Tyrell Dotson. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're, you you went with your homer pick yesterday, so yeah, we're even that. now. I have no – yeah, there's nothing to homer coming today, spoiler alert. Uh, number two for me is Micah Parson, the outstanding Coward. player. I don't know. What, what are we calling him? Edge rusher, defensive front seven specialist uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think Kyle – I'm probably going to steal his talking point. You predicted him to break the NFL record for sacks. Yes. If he does that, he needs to be number one. I'm guessing he's probably your number one if you truly believe that. Uh, <laughs> we could just spoil the lead here. I have him at number two. He's going to be really productive, but there's a guy that I have ahead of him. Okay, so I'll do the thing. Does your top guy play in the AFC? Yes. He's, a, he's an edge rusher. Yes. Does he play in the AFC North? Yeah. Does he play for the Pittsburgh Steelers? No. Oh, you went Miles Garrett. Of course of you went course Miles Garrett. I went Miles Garrett. I went TJ Watt, number two for okay. me. And then you could talk about Miles Garrett. Uh, so what, TJ missed some time last year. Right. And that was a brutal blow to Pittsburgh. You felt his presence and obviously the impact that he had on the team and the team performance as far as wins and losses when he came back. Uh, but Joe, lest I remind you, uh, the Less. last two seasons in which TJ Watt has been healthy for at least 15 games, which was 2020 and 2021, he's led the league in sacks and in tackles for loss. He's been first team all pro in both, and he was. Defensive player of the year in 2021 when we he tied the sack record with 22 and a half. And then in 2020, he was second place in defensive player of the year. So uh, I know he's second on the FanDuel odds. It's plus 800. Uh, Micah Parsons is the, the current favorite at plus 500. Uh, but I just think that track record is really hard to gloss over for a guy that we're expecting to be fully healthy. My favorite thing about TJ Watt is I felt like for the two years before he won it, I was like, TJ Watts here, TJ Watts here, right? And I feel like now I'm in that same boat with Miles Garrett, where I've I've kind of been on this drum for a couple of years now when we've been talking defensive player of the year. And so I'm going to stick with it. I mean, he's had 16 sacks in each of the last two seasons, 12 the year before that, 10, 13 and a half. I mean, he's had 74 and a half sacks already in his career. And that's not even, that's one, two, three, that's six seasons. I mean, this guy has been right. everything you could imagine in the number one overall pick. And I actually like him playing in the AFC North. We like the schedules that the AFC North faces this year. That'll come up a couple more times here in our conversation today. Um, but between that, and I do like Jim Schwartz calling this defense, getting him into him some wide, wider alignments. Sack production's typically there for Jim Schwartz defenses. I like the players that are around him in Zadarius Smith and Agbo Ankaronquo and, and Shelby Harris and Dalvin Tomlinson. I think that's going to make things even more uh, advantageous for Garrett to rack up the sack. So give me Miles Garrett finally getting his due as one of the premier defensive playmakers in the league this year. So I had it Miles Garrett one, Micah Parson two, and three was Shaquille Leonard. And you had it. Uh, my third was Jalen Phillips. My two was TJ Watt. And my three was Mike, or my one was Micah Parsons. All right. So there we, we have, hopefully between one, between the us, we got, we got it represented. Hopefully we get the guy on there. I'd like I'd like to think that we and, and real quick note on Miles Garrett, like he's never collected more than like 
7% of the defensive player of the year voting. Insane. Ever. Right. He's been a first-team AP player two of the last three seasons. And can't can't get higher up on the on the on the rankings. So, so Joe yeah. says this is the year. There you go. This is the year for our guy or my guy, Miles Garrett, who's not even on your ballot. Okay. Relax. <laughs> All right. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So now we shift gears and we are going to go to defensive rookie of the year. Um, I enjoyed this one. I don't think this is easy. I think there's some good contenders. I think there's this kind of this weird mix of uh, players at positions that usually don't get prioritized for this, that I think have a better chance than they would in a normal year. Um, I think some of the top drafted guys might not be the best candidates based on their, their situations. Uh, there's, there's one player in particular that I didn't put on his name's uh, Nolan Smith, who I think mm. I could see a really good pathway for, but at the same time, it's just such a, a deep room that he's a part of mm-hmm. that. I don't think he's going to put the numbers up that he needs to. Yeah, it's fair. I love, I love Nolan Smith though. Yeah. For another team, I might be predicting him, but. Oh, Okay. Let's give you the fourth edge rusher for them. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I have the top drafted defender in the 2023 NFL draft on third place in my ballot. He is the odds on favorite right now. Will Anderson uh, plus 400 on FanDuel. I think I have him third place and I think about Houston. I think about their competitiveness this year. I think they're going to be a more competitive football team. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be in a position to truly tee off on opposing quarterbacks with a great deal of consistency. Uh, He plays in a pretty run-heavy division as well. So I don't know that the sack numbers are going to be there. And then there's also the component of where Will Anderson and his greatest growth potential is. He's probably a little bit like Miles Garrett first coming into the NFL where the pass rush menu versus just being such a freakishly athletic player I think that's my my worry is that you're not going to see gaudy sack numbers right off the jump for Will. Um, I think he's going to be very good, and I think he's going to be just fine long term. But as far as the immediate dividends for Houston, I'm just not quite sure he's going to be in a position, despite being the top-rated defensive player, to roll up the kind of numbers it's going to take to actually win the award. All right. He's still number three, so it's not like you didn't. Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah it's pretty high up there. Uh, number three for me is Devin Witherspoon, cornerback from the Seattle Seahawks. Um, obviously, I like the way that Tariq Wolin played as a rookie, and they felt some type of way about Devin Witherspoon to go ahead and pick him. And I don't think a lot of people expected that to be the case, but they 
clearly have a vision for him to pair with Lowen and some of the other young talent that they have in that defensive backfield. Uh, but I think that they have a little bit better pass rush this year. Uh, I like the return of that Bobby Wagner to this defense. I like their schedule. I like the division that they play in. And I think there's going to be some opportunities for Devin Witherspoon to make some plays in the ball, make some big tackles for loss. We know he's physical and competitive. I, I, I just I feel like Seattle's done such a good job with their young talent of late. Um, so give me Devin Witherspoon number three here. Are you are you concerned at all about the cornerback position being the pick here? Because usually you got to really blow up, yeah, be a corner and win the award. And that's why I put him at three. Um, and I have more likely positions ahead of him. But we still we've seen a couple, right? We've seen Sauce Gardner and Marshawn Lattimore within the last eight years get it. Um, so I felt Marcus okay Peters with him also got it in fifteen. So yeah, there's been a few lately. But those are the only corners since two thousand. Yeah. Charles Woodson's your most next most recent all defensive rookie of the year as a corner, and that was 98. So from 98 to 2015, zero. And then since 2015, we've had three. When you put it like that, it certainly helps. I like the, I like the tra- trajectory a little bit there. Okay. Uh, number two for me is one of those positions that I alluded to, you know, maybe don't. The stats that he puts up might not move the needle when you think about Micah Parsons is a linebacker winning this award. Um, you got a lot of edge rushers. You cut a couple defensive tackles in Aaron Donald and Sheldon Richardson in recent history. Uh, but I got Jack Campbell, number two, uh, linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they, they drafted him very high. Um, I think they desperately needed this kind of player. I think he's going to put up crazy tackle numbers uh, for Detroit. Uh, I think his ability to be in position to make enough of the peripheral plays like passes defense, potentially an interception here, interception there, potentially a couple um, blitzes that result in sacks. Like I I don't think he's just going to be a tackle guy, but I think his tackle numbers are going to be crazy high. And for a defense in Detroit that we're expecting to be uh, improved, uh, I think they really alleviated some of the questions that exist there. He looked really good in the first preseason game. Um, I got him number two. He's plus 1,800, so it's actually fairly long odds relative to some of the favorites for this award. Um, Devin Witherspoon was plus 1,000, but I got Jack Hamill number two on mine. I'm suddenly very fascinated to figure out who your number one is. I have an idea. I'd, I'd like to predict it before we get there. Okay. But I, it's it's not Will Anderson or Jack Campbell because those are three and two. I don't think based on your response to me picking Dever, Devin Witherspoon at three, he's going to be your number one. So you're it's going to be really fascinating for, for us to find out. Number two for me is Jack Campbell, linebacker oh, for the go. Detroit Lions. Uh, I don't want to like uh, do Pete and repeat here on your analysis there, but I, I just I like the opportunity that exists for him with this Detroit defense that has a lot of room for growth, that has some reinforcements. Uh, I like their schedule. I mean, Packers, Bears, Vikings, they're going to run the football, right? Yep. And that's going to put Jack Campbell in some great situations to play downhill, rack up tackles. I think he's better in coverage than people want to give him credit for. Super athletic. Uh, I think he's going to be a nice answer for that defense, and that'll start right away. I think he's one of those guys that I don't have a lot of concerns with him coming into the league and and being highly productive. Uh, you're up for number one. Let me, can I just give you my number one? Before yeah, we get ahead. to your, yours, is a little more suspenseful. Mine's Will Anderson, so you put him at number three. Oh, okay. And and okay. Kyle, I talked myself in and out of this uh, quite a bit. And he went from three to one. 
um, when I originally set my list and then before we started, I said, you know, I'm putting them at number one. And, and the reason I, I didn't want to put them at number one, you talked about it, right? All the stuff that maybe there's concerns yeah. about. What gave me the confidence to put them at number one is two things. Uh, number one, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter what order I tell you. It, it's 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 D'Amico Ryans, right? It's it's D'Amico Ryans sure. and his history with that left defensive end position, kind of a traditional Leo, lets them crash and play and, and just wreak havoc. And I think that's going to lead to some production for Will Anderson. So that that gave me confidence. The other thing that gives me confidence is Will Anderson himself. Like, obviously, highly graded prospect, you know, was universally loved, it feels like. But beyond the athleticism and the production that he had at Alabama, like everything that we've always heard about Will Anderson is that he's just a dude that loves football and just like is obsessed with it. And I think that's going to help him. That's going to help him a lot, pick things up and and really dive in to know his responsibilities and execute. So I just have a lot of belief in the total package of Will Anderson, in addition to D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach. Okay. Would you like to table a guess for? Yeah, Ryan? I've I been, I've, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I think it might be Jalen Carter. It is Jalen Carter. Yeah. Okay. Defense attack look really good in his preseason debut. Yeah, he's he's a special player. And he does not have the log jam on that defensive line that Nolan Carter has to deal with, or Nolan Smith has to deal with, excuse me. Yeah. So arguably the best defensive talent you can make a case. Yeah. Before well, the he's NFL my number bat. one player. Yeah. Slides to nine. Philly trades up and gets him. Look like a monster in his preseason debut. Has looked like a monster in every practice clip that we have seen. He's going against one of the best defensive or offensive lines in football every day in practice after having gone against a stud offensive line at the University of Georgia. I think he's pro-ready. I think Philly needs him to be the dynamic catalyst on that defensive interior. Um, I think he's going to play a lot of snaps as a result, and I think the snaps – plus the unit around him and Sean Desai coming in uh, as the defensive coordinator. I really like that that fit for what Desai brings versus what they were last year schematically. I just think everything adds up. I think he's going to have like a monster year. Like, I would not be surprised if you told me Jalen Carter has like eight or more sacks at the end of the season. I know that's a very small measure of total volume of snaps in which you would measure a defensive player, but like that kind of production for a defensive interior player is, is really good and that that's kind of what i expect and if that's the case i think he, he'll run away with this award i dig it i dig it i i guess i was just a little bit nervous about coming in playing a lot of football rotation heavy defense like i mm -hmm. i was a little bit concerned i didn't i didn't include him on there but i i wanted to i wanted to yeah so uh for the shade that you threw at me for miles garrett being your choice and being left off mine. No, you get the exact yeah, same. What you still a little dark in here. Let me go ahead and turn Game off my light here. Yeah, all right. There it is. All right. <laughs> all right. Coach of the year coming up right after a very quick break. Stick with us. You did stick with us. I yeah. see. Yeah, you yeah. like it, right? I did that for you. Yeah, it works. This What's was hard. That? Kyle coach of the year was hard. Because the coach of the year goes to the team that achieves more, right, than than what the expectations are. And so I don't know if you had the Giants doing what they did last year, correct collect your your prize, right? Like in Brian Dable winning the defensive right or the coach of the year. So how do you predict that? Right. And and so that's what's difficult about about coach of the year. And I had I had four guys that I really wanted to include, but we can only include three. 
Well, let's start with three and go from there. Okay. I might have to call an audible on my own list right now. You're going to change your own list. I might. Do you need me to go? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so my first vote cast, a.k.a. third place, I have Matt LaFleur. Mm. I think you think about the quarterback change, the expectations for Detroit in that division. Nobody's really talking about Green Bay. I think Green Bay can be a six. I would not be surprised if Green Bay won this division. Now, I would not be surprised if things did not go well with Green Bay, but it sounds like offensively, uh, Zach Tom has become a very reliable extra piece. Uh, the tight ends, they're getting really creative with using Luke Musgrave in a lot of different ways. And the expectation is these rookie tight ends coming in along with Christian Watson are, are going to play a lot. You'll probably see a lot of 12 personnel. They're looking to shed the soft label as a football team. I saw Locked On Packers host Peter, Peter Bukowski talking about that, that they, they want to be a much more physical football team this year. Defensively, I think they have a lot of X-factor players and young talent in the defensive front, but they're still talented players. And what happens if Detroit doesn't take the leap? And what happens if Minnesota actually does regress because of their personnel changes in year two in the system and trying to transition and get younger and more sustainable with what their roster build looks like? And what happens if Chicago or Chicago's defensive front is every bit the problem that we think it's going to be. If Green Bay goes out, loses Aaron Rodgers, and wins, has a winning record after having yeah. a losing season next year and wins the division, I think that puts Matt LaFleur in a really favorable spot to, to win this award. That's a great answer. I, I, I wish I included Mike LaFleur. I really do. I, I think you spelled out a great point. I mean, they go from Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love with the young, young skill players, their defense comes together, they can win that division, and that's going to, that's going to really validate, I think, Lafleur in the the couple of thirteen and three seasons that he had there to right. start his tenure. I like that a lot. He's plus sixteen hundred on on Fanduel. Number three for me is Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and my my thought process here is a lot like yours in some ways. Where right now the the Dolphins are they have the third best odds to to win the AFC East uh, according to Fanduel. And I look at them as the biggest threat to the Bills to win the AFC East. And if that happens, which I don't think is outside the likely realm of possibilities, it, it wouldn't surprise me, right? I think we're at the point now with, with this Dolphins team where it just wouldn't surprise me. That the way that voters are going to look at this, where it they not, not only do the Bills not win it, but the Jets don't win it, who are the absolute darlings of the NFL. And so because I think there's a reasonable path, and I think this is all about overachieving expectations, and I know there's a lot of love for the Dolphins out there, and there should be. If they do that, if they were able to go in 12 games this year and win that division, I think that's going to go a long way in convincing people that, you know, Mike McDaniels, this young hotshot coach, which I think helps, right? That there's an attractiveness about him. He's different. Goes out and wins this this AFC East. I think he's got a real shot. From your lips to God's ears. Well, no, not that, but, you know, just objectively <laughs> being pr- predictive. Nobody's rooting for this, but. Right. Right. <laughs> I'd, t- I'd take 11. I don't need 12. I'll take 11 wins. I'm saying he'll get coach of the year, right? If it's a three-way right. tie with 11 and some other right. team does well, right? I'm t- convincing way to do this is, is kind of right. the path that I'm trying to outline. So Mike McDaniel plus 2,000 
Uh, I thought the Middle value the pack, for right? coach. I thought the the value for coach of the year options was in the plus two thousand bucket. And so I'll give you a little spoiler alert. The my next two guys are are also both in the plus two thousand bucket. So that's I'll read you the five names, and know that two of them are going to be two of my next three guys. Okay, or are my my final two guys: P. Carroll, Mike Tomlin, Dennis Allen, Mike McDaniel, Doug Peterson. Okay, I got Mike Tomlin at number two. You think about Pittsburgh, the non-losing season stretch that they've had. It's well documented, but they haven't had double-digit wins since when? It's been a minute. Uh, they 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 haven't had it for the last five years because I, I the predict they remember. They have wins. not had a a ten double-digit win total at the end of the season. But in the same light that you talked about Miami and expectations in the AFC East, I think about the AFC North with Cincinnati and Baltimore and Cleveland like that AFC North might be the best division in football this year. I think so. I I, 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 I would probably take them and then probably the AFC East second and then probably the NFC East. Yeah, I agree with that. Top to bottom. Yeah. For for like teams one through four. So yeah. most difficult to, division in football. If you were to put the teams up on the board right now, Pittsburgh's where? I, I probably Cat, per, per, the perception's probably three or four. Right. And we've seen the schedule. We went through when we did record predictions and we're like, yo, Pittsburgh could like mess around and get 11, 12 wins here just based off the schedule, if they handle their business in the division. So I think it's that pathway for Pittsburgh with a favorable schedule, with the perception of them in the division, the same thought process you used for Mike McDaniel, I used for Mike Tomlin. Um, I think they're due for a jump, and I think he'll be well represented in this at the end. All right, number two for me is Kevin Stefanski, head coach of Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Um, a lot of a lot of your thought process there with Mike Tomlin, really competitive division. Um, th- you know, this is a team that there's been some hype around, but the, for whatever reason, right, they don't necessarily always meet it. Um, right. If if Stefanski gets Deshaun Watson playing well, this this remainder of team is outstanding, mm-hmm. and they go and knock off Cincinnati in that division. That's going to be big, right? In I think it's going to be a, a, a dogfight in the in the North, but if he gets Deshaun playing well, they win that division. I think Kevin Stefanski has kind of a, a a coach that some people look at as on the hot seat. That would really, you know, that shift in. Okay, right now we think he doesn't get it done. He gets fired. He goes out and wins the division, which I think is possible. I think that's your path. So I have him at number two. Dougie P. Doug Peterson's my pick. Plus 2,000 for odds on FanDuel. Jacksonville Jaguars playing in the AFC South. We've gone, we've both gone on the record and said we think Trevor Lawrence is going to take the leap, right? So if Trevor Lawrence takes the leap, passes for 4,500 yards plus, passes for 35 touchdowns plus, which we, we've both gone on the record, we said we, we think is pretty probable at this point. You see Calvin Ridley and the buzz there for an investment that they made last year and what he has. Colin Coward said it's the number two quarterback receiver duo in the league. Lawrence to Ridley. 
You saw that, right? I did see it. I had to put it out there. <laughs> Calvin Ridley with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Anton Harrison's looking good in, in his early reps as a player that they invested with the uncertainty round Cam Robinson. So offensively, things look like they're going to jive, right? And then defensively, we, we like the talent that they have. They have a lot of young talent with guys like Cisco and Tyson Campbell and these linebackers and Devon Hamilton holding it down in the middle and Trayvon Walker coming into year. T- like the pieces of this puzzle snapping all together. I'm going to do the thing very briefly with you. Okay. The, the critical games on this schedule are home against Kansas city, London against Buffalo home against San Francisco and home against Cincinnati. They get all of those teams at home. The rest of the schedule at Indy Houston, Atlanta, Indy at new Orleans, at Pittsburgh, Tennessee at Houston, at Cleveland, probably the toughest road game that they have. Home against Baltimore. Did I even include Baltimore the first time? They get Baltimore at home too. At Tampa Bay, Carolina, at Tennessee. Manageable. You take care of the, if you, those five home games, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, coming out of your bye, you get San Francisco. Cincinnati and Baltimore, all five of those games at home. You go three and two in those five games. What's your schedule look like? Uh, you might go two and three. You're probably going to win 11 or 12 games. Right. Yeah. With what Trevor Lawrence has the potential to do in this offense. I mean, you, you might be talking about Jacksonville being the two seed. Depending on how these head to heads go. Yeah. Tiebreakers, right? And other teams so just having tougher me, schedules. Dougie P. That's my pick. Number one for me is Mike Tomlin, head coach Steelers. You you, you did the thing already. You, you pretty, pretty much broke that down. Uh, I don't want to go too far into it, but I mean, their win total right now, according to FanDuel, is at eight and a half. The first time we predicted their schedule, we had them at 11. Uh, team with dynamic talent, like big time playmakers all over this roster. Kenny Pickett year two. They go and knock off Cincy. They win that division. Um, you know, even Cleveland's projected nine and a half wins. Uh, so Tomlin at eight and a half was. That's the lowest. Yeah, that's the lowest. So I, I like that. I think they're going to overachieve that expectation. Um, and I think they're going to have a great season. Um, the reason I didn't put Doug Peterson in my list, I thought about him, was because they, I mean, they they won the division, right? And they won a playoff game last year. So I wondered yeah. if, like, there was already this belief that he's kind of arrived. You know what I mean? Because yeah. once you do it, it's hard to. It's very fair. Yeah, that's, very fair. that was kind of my thought. And Pete Carroll was the guy that I had a hard time leaving off because when I was considering my options, it was like, okay, who do I, who, what teams do I feel like I'm a little higher on than mm-hmm. maybe the perception out there? And Seattle was a team that I keep coming back to, but then I talked myself out of it with like, yeah, they went to the playoffs last year. So maybe there's already the, okay, Seattle's arrived this iteration of them. Okay. Well, there you have it. There are our picks for defensive player of the year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year. Yesterday was NFL MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. We hope you guys enjoyed this jaunt through the, the uh, awards circuit that we'll go through at the end of the year. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. You can find our show on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We hope you enjoy all of the preseason football that awaits you. 
in the days ahead and come back and see us again on Monday. We got you. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On NFL Scouting and the Locked On Network.